All right, welcome to the Lakers SBN post game show. What the hell, man? What the hell? I feel like I've seen this movie eight times now. Um, this is, I think, like the eighth game we've blown down the stretch. The Lakers lose to arguably the best team in the league that was kind of reeling. The Lakers had this game. They were up 13, I believe, with like four minutes left. You have a uh, three in the corner, a three by Marcus Smart, and then LeBron and Russ miscommunicate on an out-of-bounds play. And Boston uh, uses that momentum along with our crunch time offense, which is just abysmal now. And it's enough, it's been abysmal enough now to where it's a trend and it's something that, you know, really needs to be figured out to where the final like four or five minutes or anytime really the game slows down and you'll see this, you know, you'll see this at the end of quarters as well. We're terrible at that. Um, and our offense just bogs down, but like 98% of this game was extremely positive and well, not 98%. I guess that first half was pretty bad, but the second half of this game felt like, and I was ready to, you know, tweet this out, but I glad, I guess I didn't. Um, this felt like, you know, one of those games in 2020 where it's like, uh, we have two top five guys and you can't really do shit about it. And that was for like 90% of this game. And then, oh man, another brutal, just meltdown down the stretch. Um, Anthony, if you're up here, you know, hop in whenever I'm, I had a bunch of notes of a, you know, a good team, a team that's building. We got a great rust in the second half until that, you know, down the stretch. Um, but what did, I guess you see where, what was your... (laughs) biggest takeaway other than you know let's let's get the trade wheel moving again uh but yeah like, i mean to me i think the most disappointing thing is like we got two a plus lebron and ad performances like this was these are this was a plus against arguably the best team in the league and you end up losing that that's that's rough man that 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 hurts yeah i mean i think i think a lot can be true at the same time i think you can get great performances from LeBron and AD for most of the game and especially in the second half. Yeah. But I thought they were both pretty bad in the last five minutes of the game and then non-existent in overtime. Like I, Boston couldn't have made it more obvious. They were just like, please Russ shoot by all means, take, (laughs) take whatever it is that you want. And you know, at the beginning of overtime, it was funny. I, I was doing the pressure cooker and I said, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword when you get Russ out there taking, mm-hmm. hitting a couple shots because you know at least one heat check is coming, and probably if a few heat checks are probably coming, and lo and behold, it was just nonstop heat checks for the rest of for the rest of overtime. But I thought that like LeBron, I thought that some of the bad stuff from LeBron started, you know, there in those last five minutes or so. And, and it's just the same story. Like you talked about the name of this pressure cooker or this um, spaces show is, is deja vu. Right. And I don't know if it's a reference to a specific win or whatever, but all of the, the Lakers clutch offense just seems way too similar where they go completely away from sets. They go completely away from a foundational system. They walk the ball up the court and they put so much pressure on their defense to just kind of run out the clock um, rather than, you know, keep things going and, and keep attacking right to the final, right to the final whistle. Um, You know, it's, it's just, it's the same story over and over and over again. And, and, and 
you know, I, I don't even know if a trade really impacts that, to be completely honest. Maybe maybe you get fewer clutch time minutes because the Lakers are better in the 43 minutes with, with a better roster around LeBron and AD. But if LeBron's approach to all of these clutch minutes are going to be the same, the Lakers are going to keep choking away these games late. Well, so, you you know, I, I hate, you know, coming and talking about Russ, but it's just like, so here's just some numbers here. So we are 27th, actually, in offense in crunch time. So the NBA.com, uh, they kind of, they position this as the last five minutes of a game within five points, right? Um, and our, you know, our offensive rating is 20, 26 coming into tonight. We're actually tied uh, with Charlotte. But here are the other teams around that. So that's San Antonio, Detroit, Charlotte. Like these are tanking teams. Houston's ahead of us. And it's the same issue. And Boston did the thing that a lot of teams do. They put Luke Cornett at their center on Russell Westbrook, right? And they said, like, go ahead. And I talk about this all the time, but, like, of course, the offense is going to run through Russ because he's the open man and he's the only one that's not an off-ball threat. So you have lost, you have, you have uh, Austin, Troy Brown, AD, LeBron. Those are the four guys who are at least some kind of off-ball threat. Then you have Russ who's going to have the basketball. And, like, that's why our crunch turned off. And he was great. And, Anthony, he was a big part of why we – Came back in, in this game and his intensity on defense. And I still think like, I know it's controversial to say, but I still think like you gotta like maybe pull him there and maybe there's not really an option. Patrick Beverly was awful. Dennis Schroeder was awful. We keep starting games, handicapping ourselves with those two guys somehow playing together still. Um, and then playing them with Russell Westbrook throughout the game. But that's like our, like LeBron and AD. Like, so if you watch that crunch on offense and I feel like a psychopath going back and watching these games, but like, it's the same, you you're, you're definitely <laughs> a psychopath, but like, it's just, it's the exact same thing. They put their center on Russ and they, they dare LeBron and AD to kind of come in this driving lane with three or four people in there. And obviously like they're going to move the ball and like a team goes under a Russ screen and he's going to shoot it because that's Russell Westbrook. You're not going to have Russ play one way up for 43 minutes. And then the final five minutes, have him like neutered as a basketball player. That's just not how it works. So I've, I'm tired of watching these runs just get blown. And we've made a lot of other decision mistakes as well. Austin fouling Tatum there, the bad inbound. But I think I've seen this movie and the eight times and I don't even watch movies, but I feel like rewatching movies would be just isn't, I don't know if people rewatch movies or not like that, but like it's uh, <laughs> with notes. Yeah. They, they sit there with their notebook. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God, this one hurts a lot. Yeah. I, I think so. Like we've talked about this in the past too, where with any other six man, right. Yeah. If they have it going, there are games that, you know, Lou Williams finished or, you know, Manu finished or, you yeah. know, like really good six man. Like if they, if they come in, they play well and they're doing all of the things beyond scoring that it takes to win basketball games. They would, there would be games that they would finish. But on games that they didn't have it going or maybe they they were lapses defensively that were hurting the team or if they started getting picked on either offensively or defensively, which like like I thought Boston was going out of its way to attack Austin Reeves down the stretch, right, on offense. And then I thought they were also going out of their way to attack Russell Westbrook defensively because they're going to play into his worst instincts, especially if he had if he hits a couple at the beginning of overtime. He's thinking, all right. It's my time to shine, baby. And and with typical six men, those guys get pulled, right? When they start playing basketball that becomes detrimental to the team, those guys get pulled. You bring in a steadier hand, and you rely more heavily on the guys 
that you trust more in those moments. The problem is like, again, like I, 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 I know that we always have to be kind of careful with how we talk about LeBron because our mentions just become tire fires. But, um, and yeah, it is insane that he's doing what he's doing at, at, at age 38 and year 20 and yada, 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 right? Disclaimers mm-hmm. all the way. But if, if, if he's going to be that bad in, in clutch times, then the Lakers are just screwed, man. <laughs> like Because you don't trust Russ with the ball in a clutch. And if LeBron is, is not able to generate an, an advantage for himself, and if Anthony Davis is afraid to get fouled down the stretch, which it, it looks like he's, especially if he keeps missing these brutal late free throws, like that's just, uh, you could trade for Buddy, you could trade for Miles, you could trade for Boyan, you could trade for the Michael Jordan Award winner himself. Like, it doesn't matter if, if that's like, if those, are the, if those are the hurdles that are placed in front of the Lakers offensively, like that's just too much to overcome. So either LeBron needs to continue attacking all the way through to the, to the final whistle. Um, AD needs to be more involved in the offense. Like we just keep seeing the offense go away from Anthony Davis late in these games. The only games that they have actually closed out, they've finished by, you know, continuing, continuing to attack with Anthony as, as kind of the, the head of the spear offensively. Um, but for some reason, they just keep going away from it. And, you know, the reason is, is that you have an aging superstar in LeBron who has played a certain way his entire career and has been incredible playing that certain way his entire career. So, you know, he has 20 years worth of bad habits to, or not even bad habits, but like habits that have been successful before, but probably aren't going to be successful anymore at this stage of his career. And I just, you know, all of these clutch minutes, I mean, you, 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 you rewatch all these games. They all look the same. Like they, they all there. It's, it's, it's the same. If we were to combine, if we were just to set all of these clutch minutes side by side by side by side by side, it would just be, you know, the, the 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 what happens when you have two mirrors facing each other. You know, it just it's the same image over and over and over and over and over again. And and it's it's kind of a foundational issue with 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 how the Lakers exist. It's it's a foundational issue with their identity. Well, I think you know one at least misnomer for me. So during the like, and you talk about this all the time, Anthony, how like. The Lakers, no one hated that title team more than the Lakers, I guess, because of how they how they disbanded it. But during that year in crunch time, and I think the Lakers were like 51 and 0 or something after leaving by three quarters, some crazy number um that season. Our crunch time offense, though, and why I think it's so important, we need one shooter in at that point, like down the stretch, like a shooter that's respectable at least enough. And like, and and then we need some tor- sort of spacing. But of a lot of our crunch time offense, honestly that title year and even through the playoffs and through the whole bubble was like KCP coming to set the screen. Right. So like that teams can't like switch against them. And then you have a space floor out of that. And we play like four on three. We don't have that in crunch time right now. Like we just, we just don't, we don't Russ and LeBron don't really run screen rolls together, especially not down the stretch. We see it in bits and pieces during the game. Um, And I think that's what the team is really missing. And look, I think Russ played a huge game and it's the conundrum that the team's in. He's too good not to play. And if he's having a good game, he deserves to close like conceptually in terms of how basketball works. I just think like our crunch, we've seen this movie like eight times. We can't be bottom five in crunch and offense with LeBron and AD both on the floor. Like that's an issue. That's a, that's like some kind of scheme issue or something that we have to kind of decide and fix because we're not going to win very many games doing that. We've almost like we've blown eight games. I think we almost blew like four more 
Um, so we're really lucky that that hasn't changed. I just think like that's where the team needs to go to. And, you know, I don't really like discussing moves, but like, I'd love to see again, I thought Lonnie Walker is way out of rhythm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just, well, they're rough. having him play power forward, Raj. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, these four guy lineups. It's, it's killing me. So I tweeted out, I don't know if you saw Anthony, do you know what the Dennis Schroeder and Russ lineups are on the floor this year? I don't even want to fucking like. <laughs> no, but like so, like it's like all right. I don't know. Like you, I, I, you aren't really into like pop culture and stuff. And this is probably a really niche show. But um, I'm watching this show called Fleischman is in Trouble on on FX. I, I I think it's a fantastic show. I've really enjoyed it to this point. But there's this scene where they go into the Natural uh, Museum of History or something like that. Okay. Um, in New York and. An exhibit that they have there is like the deepest, darkest shade of black that exists in in mankind, and it is le- it is legally it is, it is literally illegal to use that shade of black on stuff because it's too dark and it skews with, it messes with everybody's eyes and, and and like the military uses it to 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 paint on their stealth stuff, um, and and like when you ask me, hey, what do you what do I think? the numbers look like in those lineups with who, do, who was it? You said Pat Bevan Schroeder. No, no, no. It's, Russ, Russ and Schroeder, uh, Russ and Schroeder. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So, so Russ and Schroeder, it's that shade of black. It's that shade of like, it's the deepest, darkest abysses of uh, the, the abyss of all abysses of uh, it, that, that exist in the sport of basketball. That's what, that's what that is. Yeah, so they on. I've never heard of that show, honestly. But <laughs> um, I think it's like me and three other people who are watching right now. But I really like it. Um, but uh, yeah, so they are a negative. They're uh, like a negative twenty three or negative eighteen uh, coming into tonight in twelve games in a hundred minutes. It's not a crazy amount of numbers, but I mean, like you know, I think we're just starting these games off so rough. And you talked about eighty not wanting to go the line. I think, you know, he was gassed. Like, it, it's really tough for me to, like, blame him in that situation off a really long road trip. He had, I think, what, 40 tonight or something or got close to it. Like, I, I get it. He should make those free throws. I think he was, like, 11, 12 or 15 or something from the line. But those lineups have been getting destroyed. And, again, we're, like, I thought, you know, and for most of this game, we got LeBron and AD at their peak. And, like, what that could look like, I know it's hard to compartmentalize that from the end of the game. Like those two were fantastic, and I think we just put a lot of roadblocks in front of them by putting them, you know, the starters with Dennis and Patrick Beverly. Like we're not good enough not to start our games with our best players, and I thought Austin was a big reason we came back in this one. I think Boston went at him a little bit, but but I thought for the most part he defended Tatum and Brown as well as you could for like you know a thin guy like that against two wings who are extremely physical. I thought he did his job, um, but our Kunstein offense and then um, just being down like like 18 or 15 to start already and having to climb up such a hill. Um, those are the two reasons I think we really lost this game, but like, yeah, it's, it sucks to have those two play the way they did because we're, we're having a, my notes are completely different than when, like I had a bunch of like, man, we're, <laughs> we're finding some stuff and then we just blow it all again um, down the stretch. But those two looking elite, I think like our margins are extremely important when you're like 11 and 16, like you have a lot of margin to like, improve and i think those two places are places that uh we should really start at i mean you're starting games bad and you're finishing games bad how do, how do you think <laughs> that's simple. gonna go you <laughs> yeah. know like like the the game started today and um it was one of those rare tnt games that started like kind of close-ish to to when yeah, it should surprised. have yeah and 
you know, so I was like sitting down and, and, you know, um, it's like right around bedtime and, and Avery was taking her time to, to go down. And so like, I sat down and it was nine o'clock and the Lakers were already down 10 points. <laughs> like, like it was, it was just, I'm it's just, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, and, and I tweeted out like, man, I'm, I'm absolutely floored that, that this three guard lineup. Cause like, you know, in, in the NBA or, or in, in all of professional sports, right. There are attributes that you have to be good at in order, in order to have a chance at winning in that sport. And in the NBA, right. I think those attributes, those key attributes that you have to have, there's like a baseline yeah. that you have to be at in order to, to be successful. It's like shooting, athleticism, size, creativity. Those are the, those are the four that really kind of come to mind there. And creatively, right. When you have LeBron surrounded by, uh, I guess Schroeder and Beverly, um, I guess, well, Beverly's not very creative, but, but like, like if Russ is out there and Schroeder and you have, and you have LeBron, LeBron out there, that's plenty of, you know, you are, you are probably, there's an abundance of creativity there, right. Yeah. Where they're actually kind of bumping into each other. But when you're below that threshold in terms of size and you're below the threshold um, in terms of athleticism, and you're below, well below the threshold when it comes to shooting, that abundance of creativity isn't enough to make up for the other things, right? And that's what we keep seeing with all of those three-guard lineups. Like, the reason the reason teams employ, like, the reason that Memphis employs two smallish guards in Bain and in Jaw is because they're two elite guards. They're mm-hmm. two guys that, like, you have to get onto the court somehow, but Dennis Schroeder isn't an elite guard. Patrick Beverly has been Basuda for like most of this season, you know, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and like this idea that the Lakers feel the need to twist and turn themselves in all cer- sorts of knots in order to try to get these guys onto the court is, is I think a really flawed approach. Like I think, I think there are things that Dan- Darvin Ham has been really good at this year. I think his, yeah. his communication is, is it seems to be elite. Um, what he's done to be able to get Russ to buy into buy to being a six man, really good stuff. But his lineups are shit, and his his, his late game management and not using timeouts to stymie uh, the other team's momentum, it's bad. Like it's objectively bad. And and I think like this is something that you know I I know that there's probably some locker room stuff going on there. Where and there's probably some pressure from the front office to get Patrick Beverly going because they traded Taylor Horton Tucker for him. Um, there's none of this stuff happens in a vacuum, but at some point, like they are going to have to, uh, you know, I address and acknowledge what harm those lineups are doing for the team to the team. They're they're every game. It's it's all right. Well, can we overcome this? And you're already asking to overcome math because they aren't shooting threes. Yeah. So like, it's just, you're making life so difficult on yourself. And, you know, I, one of my favorite lines, one of my favorite approaches to, to, you know, getting the most out of, out of a team is, you know, assign your most difficult task to the laziest person. Cause he's going to, they're going to find <laughs> the easiest way to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like the Lakers, they, they need to find somebody lazy to just tell ham, Hey, have we just tried this? Like, do we just want to get bigger people out there? Size seems to matter in basketball. Maybe we should try that. Yeah, and, and still, even with all these things we're talking about, 13-point lead on the 
team that's dominated the regular season so far, right? Like that's like yeah. that's the that's like where you can be at, and that's where like you have the margin to work with. But some other notes, like I think you know when we went to these starters, I feel like uh, a consequence that has just not been discussed enough to me is the Lonnie Walker kind of impact yeah. of that. Um, I think you know Lonnie's been our best pull up kind of jump shooter, and we put him in late, which I thought was just so tough for him. I think he walked in in overtime and had to like defend Tatum, which is a really, <laughs> which is just yeah. really unfair. Um, but right. like his, like, remember early in the year, Lonnie Walker was like, Oh man, this dude, like he may be even better than like a $10 million player or whatever. When we were kind of watching him, he was showing off the ball skills. He had a really free flowing game. Uh, he comes off screens and is a threat. And now because of like, you know, we're playing with Dennis and then Russ has the second unit. He's all off the ball now, and all his offense is on spot-ups or in transition, right? I think he had one play where I think it was like Patrick Beverly next to him, uh, and Marcus Smart came off him. I didn't think I didn't think this would happen so quickly, Anthony, that like Patrick Beverly's already getting treated as like a very non-shooter. You know, usually your reputation holds up a little longer than, you know, the productivity does. Like Patrick Beverly, at least reputationally, was supposed to be a shooter. Boston was having none of that. Maybe that's part of being just a prepared team like they are but they completely played off him but yeah Lonnie Walker I think traveled on that play and I think his kind of decline as well has been kind of sneaky to watch a lot of his stuff is just him getting hot from three right he's shooting like 47 45 percent from three or something recently but none of that like downhill stuff he was getting to the line a ton early in the year and I think those are another just consequence of like going to this like really small lineup like you said you talked about Memphis we're getting we're not really getting any of the like usually when you go small you get more skilled you get more shooting you get more or you get more speed um and i think we're not getting any of that with the starters um but yeah i just want to throw that yeah. in as well lonnie's kind but of declined through that it reminds me of talon right where oh, where talon was was on an upward trajectory and and you just thought like oh hey the lakers might have really found something here he's elite at getting you know getting downhill and getting yeah. to the basket and and creatively and then the Lakers saddled him with Russell Westbrook, and, and last year he looked like a shell of himself, right? And I think, you know, this year we saw some of that stuff with Lonnie where, wow, this guy's he's the best athlete on the, on, on the Lakers roster. Um, he looks confident shooting the ball. Um, he looks confident, you know, pulling from the mid-range when, yeah. when defenders were going under and stuff like that. Like, he was playing with so much confidence. And, and you know, again, like Dennis Schroeder gets healthy – and he starts immediately playing like 30-ish. What I don't know what, what um, Schroeder's numbers are at so far this year. But, you know, like Schroeder comes back. And I, I really think Schroeder coming back was, was really threw off Lonnie because, yeah. you know, I, I Darwin decided that, that Schroeder had to get going. And, and again, this is one of those things that I don't know if it's necessary. I, I talked about this on the lowdown the other night. This was – in the game, the Detroit game that Russ didn't play in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, and, and in that one, Schroeder played 30 something minutes. And, you know, it made me wonder if organizationally the Lakers are trying to see like, if they can start to wean themselves from relying on Russ just in case a trade happens. Um, it's clear, you know, after tonight that that wasn't the case. It was just like a one, that was a one-off kind of situation. But, but like, I, like, I, I think, like, I don't know. We're 11 and it's, 16, Anthony. Like, we, like, these conversations are for, like, if you're a few games over 500, you can start playing with games. Like, we're yeah, 11 and well, 16. Like, I, I, there's no five-game stretch that's easy in the league. That's not how the schedule works. You don't get it five just keeps, easy games. Yeah. 
it just keeps going back to like the 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 thing that's frustrating after the Lakers won a championship, right? They won a ring, being bigger, stronger, faster, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, at every position, you know, and and they started Contavious Caldwell Pope at you know, quote unquote, point guard at the at the one spot. He's big for that position. They had Danny Green out there. He's big for that position. LeBron was starting at small forward. He's big for that position. AD was starting at, at power forward. He's huge for that position. Um, and then they were they were starting JaVale McGee. And, um, you know, and, 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 and that was their identity. They win a championship that way and just have just so thoroughly. I don't I, like is it the is it the men in black thing where they show like did 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 Will Smith show up with that little memory thing where they just forgot everything like did they were they not watching because Lonnie like the thing that you and I liked about his game earlier this year is that he does fit that mold of bigger stronger faster right when you have him and skilled at, super at, skilled yeah, yeah right well but when you have him at at point guard um it allows you to have Austin Reeves out there who isn't big by shooting guard standards, but like those guys combined on average is like a, a fairly sizable yeah. uh, backcourt. And then if you have Troy Brown out there as your small forward, and you have LeBron and ED out there, like, sure, there aren't the vets that LeBron tends to trust, right? Like, I think a lot of this kind of comes back to LeBron probably wants Pat out there to start games because he trusts Pat because of the reputation that Pat holds. Um, LeBron probably trusts Russ because of the reputation that he holds. Um, I was hoping that maybe because Lonnie is clutch, that maybe there would be some of that, like while it isn't the veteran nature of, of his career that he would be trusting, but there would be some kind of relationship that LeBron would trust enough to not need a Patrick Beverly or not need a Russell Westbrook out there. Um, But, but like that, how, how often have we seen that lineup Raj? Like where it's, where it's Lonnie and it's Troy and it's Austin and it's LeBron and AD like that to me is the most sensible lineup that the Lakers can throw out there on the court. And I'm not positive. We've seen it. So we saw, we saw, so the game before tonight was Milwaukee golden state. Right. And we just saw Milwaukee run over the warriors in, you know, uh, in the, in the fashion that Milwaukee does. And to me, I think Milwaukee is the highest floor regular season team in the league. Like, I think like there's no slowing them down. You just hope that, you know, they win. That's who we started to like beat that team on the road. Like that's who, that's what you yeah. started. And this game changed Anthony in the third quarter when we put Austin, uh, we put Austin in for Dennis and then uh, Troy Brown in for Patrick Beverly. Right. That was when the game changed and Troy Brown didn't hit a bunch of threes. He actually missed two wide open ones. But like you talk about, there's just yeah. a floor to having like a big guard who rebounds and like plays his position and isn't overmatched on every play. Like when you're mismatched every single time down, like the amount of times that Dennis Schroeder or Patrick Beverly knocked the ball away from Jason Tatum, the ratio of that to where Tatum just gets that spin or Jalen Brown just gets to his mid range. Like the ratio of that is just not high enough to me to be working with such a negative kind of uh, a negative ratio there. And like I know you said, you know, they didn't play great, but I thought LeBron was engaged defensively tonight for like at least in that second half in that third quarter. And he can't do that. Third quarter especially. Yeah, and he can't do that every night. And it's not fair to ask him to do that every night. But like when he's engaged like that, we're still a monster team. And but like you can't but then you're gonna have him just dead, you know, in the end of the game. And I thought A D was also kind of dead, dead legs there. But that's where the game changed. So- and I think, you know, those two need to play more they don't you know their plus minus isn't going to jump off they're not going to hit a million threes i thought austin was just great kept us in the game that first half um but like 
that's where the game changed. And I think we're we're handicapping ourselves for you said political reasons. We're eleven and sixteen. Like this, like I, you, 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 I don't know how you can play that and then like not make the playoffs. You know, like oh, but we played the right guys or we kept our locker room together. Like that just it, it, it's so backwards to me. So I I'm I'm looking at um I'm looking at their <laughs> the the five man lineup stuff yeah. here with with that group and um they've played uh, it looks like four minutes together so it's not obviously the, the biggest sample size but like if something makes sense to me and the stats seem to back up that like yeah that's that's a that's a that's a group that makes a bunch of sense um. Like it's worth it's worth maybe looking at again. Offensive rating is 157.1. Defensive rating is 70. A net rating of 87.1. Like maybe just maybe Darvin, try that group. Like what? And and when you compare the amount of time that we haven't seen from that group together to the amount of times that we have had to watch the three and four guard lineups together, yeah, like. It, it's and and then again you combine that with what should have been the your your franchise identity after you win a championship which was bigger stronger faster that's bigger stronger faster it's good <laughs> and we've seen four minutes <laughs> like, what? I it, it's the kind of thing that that you know and and I understand that these things it's not always as simple to 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 you know operate this way. Because you and I, a couple dweebs with the uh, NBA stats page up, um, are not going to hold the same gravitas in a locker room as as you know reputations that these that, that these players bring into the fold. And yeah, I agree with you that um, when you're 11 and 16 and you are coming off of two straight frustrating seasons, maybe just maybe ditch some of the political stuff. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, and, and, and then, you know, you, you add to that how loud this lineup data can be, um, not just in terms of that one lineup and, and the short stretches that we've seen from it, but also how bad the three and four guard lineups are, especially four guard lineups. Like, I, I don't know, man. It, it's just, it's, it's maddening. And, it, it, and it's starting to remind me of, of Frank Vogel where, you know, I think you can be kind of daring initially and you can try out some stuff initially. And when you win, it gives you the benefit to be able to go out and continue to try new things and continue to stick with guys who are playing a role in winning you those games. But when you have a rookie head coach and you have some of the, the upheaval that we've had in the front office and, and a lot of the rumors swirling that we've had around the organization, and when you have players with such political power as you do with LeBron and AD, you aren't always going to get the best lineups out there. And, you know, when, when you're operating at a talent deficiency and you're not, you're also not getting your best lineups out there. That's how you wind up at 11, 16 with a bunch of frustrating losses. No. Yeah, for sure. I just like, you know, we're starting these games off so bad. And I think it's like, I get Patrick Beverly starting. Like I get it. I think, you know, he's the, I guess you want to say Avery Bradley, Rajon Rondo, whatever a lot of coaches have like their player that they're going to play and they have, and I think he does have intangible kind of impact even on the floor. I want it on the record that I do not get it. <laughs> so those of you listening, Raj is being nice. I'm saying I do well, not get it. I do. I want, I want Patrick Beverly off of the Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers. I never have to watch this person 
play basketball ever again. And I think it needs to be investigated whether or not this person is a dark operative for the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, this is this is maddening. If I was a Clippers fan, I would be giving Lakers fans shit for this constantly, that this man is still getting paid by Ballmer. I need this investigated, and this guy cannot continue starting for the basketball team that I root I just, for. I just, I just beat the Clipper, you know, Clipper Raj allegations. You guys got to calm down with that. Uh, don't want those Clipper Raj stuff to, to return. Uh, but, no, like, I mean, I get it from, like, I wouldn't want him to play either. I just, like, I get it from, like, Darvin Ham's perspective. Feels like he brings it, that intensity. I remember Anthony Davis saying they had the Avery Bradley challenge, right, to start the season when, obviously, like, Caruso was better than him really clearly. But, you know, teams and vets have that. The Dennis Schroeder one is really confusing to me. I think, you know, Austin has clearly been better than both of them. And, you know, the 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 thinking is that it helps our second unit, right? You put Russ with Austin um, in that second unit. It kind of helps them. But, like, I just think if, you know, AD played 46 minutes tonight. I understand it was overtime. LeBron played almost 43 uh, minutes. Like, I think you're just, you know, helping our second unit by just absolutely destroying your starters is, like, to me, that doesn't make sense from, like, a basketball sense. Like, that just doesn't add up to me when you're 11 and 16 as well every game on the brink you can't afford to blow any more games you've blown enough indiana sacramento yada yada i just feel like that those are the two things i'd love to see like change and like the maddening part to me and it's like we've seen it like in milwaukee they had the biggest win of the year they were incredible like you you had the starters that i thought really fit together you beat a milwaukee team that also brought their a plus like middleton was good that night he returned Giannis was incredible, looked like the best player in the league still. And then you had AD dropping 40. I think LeBron had 30 or something that night. Like you had the you had the structure there. I don't get going away going away from that after your best win. Like that should have been a catapult off. And I get, you know, you won in Washington and then AD got COVID, or he got sick. Sorry, he didn't get COVID. Um, and then it kind of messed up your stuff. But now like it feels like again, experimenting with starters. I think we've seen this lineup enough. Like, I think we've seen this. I think I've seen this movie eight bajillion times now. Like, I'd love to, like, sw- switch the channel, go to another movie theater, however that works. Like, I- <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what do you, be- <laughs> wait, do you think they only show like, one movie at all the theaters? And if you want to see a different one, you have to go to a different theater? Raj, have you ever been to a movie theater before? In a while, honestly. I don't remember the last movie I saw in theaters. <laughs> but, like, but I, I, the the part of it, like, as you mentioned the Milwaukee game, and I think it's really important to hammer this point home. How often do you see coaches stick with bad starting lineups after wins and then point to, well, we won as the reason that they don't change the lineup? You beat the best team in the NBA, <laughs> in, in my opinion. You beat the I best agree. team in the NBA, mm-hmm. and and after that game, that's when you elect to change your approach to it. It's just, I don't get it. And and again, like it's so illogical that it forces me to wonder what else might be going on there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and 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 it doesn't even have to be like cynical. It doesn't even have to be, you know, and it, it, it doesn't. It can be relatively innocent, and it can be something as as easy as you know, Darwin really likes what you're talking about, the intangibles that Patrick Beverly brings to the table, but. But like, you don't you don't pay the rent with love, man. Like you you got it. You got <laughs> you have to you have to earn your ability to continue to stay out there. On the, those those two layups that he blew were just absolutely huge. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the Lakers looked as good as they did 
after they completely went away from Beverly in the third and especially in the fourth quarter, right? And, and you know, it's too bad. I think if we were closer to Beverly's prime, I do think, like, there would be a fit here with him and LeBron. Like, I think that's a very natural fit. And it's something that I could see, frankly, working in practice. Yeah. Because, uh, like, he just seems like oh, a he, practice He wasn't player. supposed to be the worst shooter, like, in the league. Like, that's... That's not what, yeah. that's not what Patrick Beverly was supposed to be. Like he was supposed to be this forty percent shooter that goes that kind of you know it varies from like sometimes he hits three, sometimes he doesn't. But he's been like close to the worst shooter in the league, and that's extremely detrimental to a team already filled with vet minimums. Plus, like defensively, I thought tonight he was. I mean, it's Tatum and Jalen Brown, so I don't know how to contextualize that. But like again, with your game plan, let's start Patrick Beverly on Jason Tatum. I think you're you're screwed pretty much from the outset, but yeah, it's, it's really rough watching him play. I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I just, I just think like I get, I can like, I can, I can listen to the reasoning. If like, you know, if someone puts it out there, like, Hey, Patrick Beverly still has a good plus minus and I can counteract like, Hey, he plays a shit ton next to Anthony Davis. But like, <laughs> but like, I, yeah, yeah. but you know, I, I can at least get behind the rationale. Dennis Schroeder, like, I don't understand. Like, I think, you know, it was a good, shot like i agreed with the signing in terms of like yeah Batman guy like no harm no foul i didn't think he would be catapulted as a starter and you know i threw a tweet up here you know people you know listening live this happens a lot and like i see this is one of our dennis shooter and us line. um this is with ad on the floor but uh we put you know dennis shooter and sometimes it's dennis sometimes it's in the dunk in the dunker spot and then we run our offense through there and this play ends with a russell westbrook three in the corner and it's you know it's russ coming out kicking out to patrick beverly patrick beverly drives and kicks it out back to russ it's like what are we you know what are we doing this is a lot of the stuff that happens in our second quarter or third quarter where we have our second units in and i just think like i'd love some different process here i'd love to see something else i think i've i've seen this so many times and so detrimental you know to our team and the numbers bear it out we're getting blown off the floor when those two share the court. I and why was Kendrick Nunn in this game today, Anthony? Like I, <laughs> I mean, I tweeted that. You're asking the wrong person, man. I have no. What idea. are we? What are we getting like, in six minutes of look at Kendrick Nunn? Like I, look what? <laughs> what are you finding uh, by going through that? Well, this the, the the problem also is like I just talked about. The, the, the flip side of this theory, right, where the other lineup seems to make sense to me and the data backs it up, that that's the lineup that the Lakers should probably go with more, the the Lonnie, Reeves, mm-hmm. uh, Brown, LeBron, and AD lineup. Like, I, I think that's far and away the most sensible, logical lineup that the Lakers can probably throw out there onto a court. And, you know, lo and behold, the, the data seems to back that up. And now maybe if those guys get more run together – Obviously, I don't think they're going to continue to hold like a plus seventy rating. Like, I don't think yeah. I don't think they're going to be better than like the 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 uh, what was the lineup that the that we nicknamed the Warriors when they had Steph and Katie and Clay and Draymond and, and Iggy out there. It's not the death lineup. I don't think it's going to be that. But like, it's I think it's still going to be far and away the best group that the Lakers have. Yeah. And and you know the other the other version of that of that um, theory is that. You know, when, when you have a, a, a pairing that doesn't make much sense and then you get them thrown out there together and the data is immediately bad, you can you're good. You're good. You didn't necessarily have to test it in the first place, but you're good here. Right. And I think 
Like if I was just to say the two players that make the least amount of sense together on this team, it's probably Russ and Schroeder, right? Like if I was to say, like you could pair any two players together that are not going to be good for the Lakers this year, that would probably be the pairing that I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm probably good. Never trying this out. Right. You know, I, I'm good. Not trying Sriracha on my vanilla ice cream. I, I don't think that's going to be good. I, I maybe I'll, you know, maybe somebody will prove it wrong, but like, I'll take one scoop of it. It's not going to be good. And I'm going to move away from it and I'm never going to try it ever again. But like with, with Schroeder and with Russ, they just keep trying it. <laughs> they keep going back to it. And, and, you know, eventually, you know, I, I, I know that the Lakers um, are at this kind of the, 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 so much of their talent is isolated with their guards. So they have to try with bringing out weird combinations in order to get more of that talent onto the court um, at, at, at any given time. But the problem is fit matters, you know, and, and, and these baselines matter. And that, that, that pairing of Russ and Schroeder, that's not great athletically. Yeah. It's not great size-wise. They aren't, they aren't capable of spacing the floor. Um, creatively, there's, there's an abundance there, but a lot of that creativity is them bumping into each other. Yeah. So it's just, you know, yeah, I, 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 I think a lot of times – you know, and this kind of got uh, Frank into trouble last year with with uh, Russ and uh, with Rajon Rondo, right? Where it's the kind of pairing that doesn't make much sense theoretically. You throw it out there together, see if it works, and then if it doesn't, good. You tried it, you move on. That never yeah. happens ever again. And and for some reason, these coaches just refuse to 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 move off of it. Yeah, and we're, you know, in dangerous territory. I mean, we play Denver next at home, so it doesn't get a lot easier. I think, you know, Dennis and Russ, I mean, they it feels like we're closing with either one of them, and I think they both just kind of bring similar issues down the stretch. I mean, both just non-threats, yeah. um, and we stick them, you know, usually 80s involved with the ball screen, so we stick one of them, you know, in the dunker spot to kind of keep that, you know, keep the spacing up. And it just I think it's been long enough. It's been enough games. It's been enough through enough different competition where like our crunch time offense has just killed us. Like, and, and I think that's like the main thing that, and then not starting games off down like eight or down 10, because it's such a hole to get up from. And the sad part, like there was a lot of good as well. Like that third quarter was legit. Some numbers that I didn't even get to get to tonight, Anthony, Boston didn't score for six minutes. Like that's yeah. to, to do that against a team that had like the craziest offensive rating, I think in the history of the league, who's, you know, they're missing their two bigs, but I think they're important. I think they kind of get better offensively, honestly, when Grant Williams is out there um, instead of Rob or even Horford, but they didn't score for six minutes. I think we went on like a third, went on a 31 to five run against yeah. the Celtics and lose because of we can't close with maybe the best, like, you know, decision maker on the floor ever. <laughs> on the floor that's how detrimental these lineups and stuff is that we maybe have the best um you know decision maker to ever you know play running our crunch time offense and we're running crunch time offense like we're tanking like i think that's like that's a really tough thing to accept and it's something that i've discussed like i think you know it's such a conundrum that i don't really even like how can i blame darvin ham anthony for not for closing with the lineup he did when like it's the one that got you there you know yeah that's such a 
tough conversation to have. Um, but I think it, it's going to start needing to be had because we're 11, 16, like 13th, which is crazy to say out loud still. And it's not like there's a lot of games that separate us between the top. It's just like you look through the West and I'm like, who's slowing down? Maybe Utah. I mean, well, but, but, but that's the thing though, is that, you know, really good coaches do do that. You know, yeah. like really good coaches do identify, okay, the momentum behind Russ's game has shifted. Let's get somebody out there who's a little bit more predictable and get the ball back into LeBron's hands against a defense that is is willing to play uh, five on four or whatever. You know, and, and, and um, you know, yeah, Ham is a rookie, but this is the coach that the Lakers hired. This is the situation that they put Ham in. And, you know, what, like the, the way that I always kind of analyzed that last year is everybody involved was the worst versions of themselves, right? I yeah. thought Frank refused to adjust to the roster that he had. I thought Polinka gave him a garbage roster. I thought LeBron was his most passive aggressive. I thought Anthony Davis was was you know he had a stretch before he got hurt uh, the second time where he where he looked to be getting closer to to what Anthony Davis normally looks like. But for the most part, he wasn't. He was the worst version of himself. Uh, with the Lakers. And that's how uh, last season kind of comes to fruition. And I think here, uh, you know, Ham, you know, not taking timeouts and continuing to trust a clutch offense that looks as bad as the Lakers do in, in the clutch um, and, and continuing to roll with Russ, you know, even though he got you there, you, 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 there are more predictable guys on the Lakers roster that you could stick in there and do some of the stuff that, that Russ was doing for you without, some of the concern that, you know, some of the stuff that he takes off of the table and, and like, do I think Darvin Ham is Greg Popovich or Spolstra or Phil or whomever? No, but like eventually, you know, he, he's going to have to kind of step up and, and do the things that really good coaches do and identify those moments where a change is needed. And dude, they didn't sub the whole fourth quarter. And and, and then in, in overtime, those guys ran out of gas. The only sub that happened was yeah. Lonnie Walker and you and, and you immediately put him in there to defend Jason Tatum? What? <laughs> this guy's the MVP of the season so far. And you're having somebody who hasn't played in the last like half hour just go out there and say, All right, good luck, bud. You know, at a <laughs> at a at a height disadvantage on top of that. So like yeah, I, I, and if you're gonna stick with the same lineup for the entirety of the game, then you use every single one of your timeouts to make sure that like for at the very least you, you use it to break up momentum, but you use it at the very least to go out and get these guys some extra breathers here and there. Like yeah. it was just, it was really weird. Those last five minutes where again, like everybody became the worst versions of themselves. I thought ham coached a really bad five minutes. I thought LeBron was a little too okay with allowing Russ to go out and do Russ things. I thought Russ was way too okay with doing Russ things and Anthony Davis just disappeared. You know, and then missed a couple of crit crit critical free throws. Yeah, again, like, you know, the game slows down and we just see the exact same stuff. They put two on AD, they put their center on Russ and just park him in the lane. I feel like I could just put the same clips from the Indiana game, from the Sacramento game, from the Philadelphia overtime. Like, it's all, like, I'm, it's sad how many of these can list off. But, like, it just, you know, it keeps happening and... It sucks because this would have been a big momentum builder. Like you get home, you finally, you know, you get a win. You go, you know, three on three in the road trip uh, in two games. Anthony Davis misses. And again, it feels like you step back. LeBron, I think, gave as much energy as you can 
you know, expect. And I thought Anthony Davis was incredible for a lot of it. Russ, again, helped. His first half was rough. Like, I thought there was a lot of shot selection that was questionable. But that third quarter was huge to kind of bring us back. But, again, it just keeps feeling like we're watching the exact same movie. And credit Boston as well uh, for coming back. No, <laughs> absolutely not. You, you're out here. You're, you're out here complimenting the Clippers, and now you're no, crediting Boston. That. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> it played well. Tatum had 40, and of course, he played. You know his best game uh, in the last few days. There was no way he was going to go cold for you know three straight days. Um, yeah, but... especially when he's guarded by. <laughs> Like six two people. Yeah, we we gave him a nice, you know. Ro- it's like you know, Andy. We're playing this game of like, how hard can we make life for Anthony Davis or LeBron James? <laughs> like the you know the lineup in the fourth in the in the third. I think it was like Troy Brown at power forward next to three other small guards. <laughs> like, let's just see how hard you know, we can. Let's just test the limits and you know the roster construction. Like that's a big part of it. I just like I thought in the off season we'd have to pick between like pick four out of the seven or eight guards or whatever that we have and then just kind of roll with it. It seems like we're trying to just play all the guards and just, and uh, I don't think, you know, that's sustainable at all. Dennis, 20 minutes, none for some reason played seven minutes. Um, doesn't make any sense. Patrick Beverly played his 19 minus, you know, 10 and 19 minutes for Pat Bev when you're playing with LeBron and AD um, the full time is, uh, is, is very questionable. Um, but, yeah, I wish this could have been a positive one, and yeah, I felt like this would have been for like if this game ended, uh, what like an hour earlier, like where they were up thirteen, game ends right there. This would have been a much dude. I was like vibe. signing up to do the pressure cooker. I was like, all right, we might not get pressure because the Lakers are gonna blow. Oh my god, this is bad. Oh god. Oh please stop. You know, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I do think there is pos- a positive to take away from this, right? On, on a micro level, I think it's a lot of the same stuff, but it's a lot of the same frustration. Yeah. But on a macro level, like once again, LeBron and AD have sent a crystal clear message. Like if you just give us one or two more rotation capable players, one or two more people like human beings taller than six, four, then maybe just maybe like if uh, it, again, like it, it's just it's so insane to me that LeBron at age 38 is capable of you know with just the help of one other star being able to take again a really bad roster right like this is not a good group of pe- uh, uh basketball players <laughs> not people <laughs> but like this is not a good group of basketball players and LeBron is capable and AD is capable. Those two guys are capable of competing against the and and shutting down the best offense that the NBA has ever seen, dude. Like it's insane. And you know, once again, you, I, I guess this is the last game that the Lakers are going to play before December fifteenth. And and I said heading into this week that the rumor the rumor cycle this week is going to be really interesting because. Like the reason that they that they waited until December fifteenth was so that more names could be involved in some of these <laughs> trade talks and that more guys would become available. I'm waiting for one additional name that the Lakers could be attached to that would be available on December fifteenth, which would actually, you know, like there would be a benefit to waiting to December fifteenth, but that hasn't been the case. And it's just time after time after time that the front office is demanding competence from actually competent people. 
You know, it's just it's this game. If they just have two more rotation level players, Raj, they probably win this one. If they have two more rotation level players, they probably beat Philly. They probably beat Indiana. They probably yeah. beat some. They, they probably win like half of these other winnable games that they have. And instead of eleven and sixteen, would they be sixteen and eleven? You know, and and you know we're looking at the at the season very differently there. And you know, if if we're looking for positives, and I know my tone here isn't one, it isn't a positive one, but if we're looking for positives here, it is like Aaron and I were going back in the silver screen slack today where he says this team cannot win a championship. This pairing cannot win a championship. And I'm saying, I flatly disagree. The league is really mediocre, man. It's an NFL season Uh, again, where, you know, I don't know what that means, but yeah, (laughs) we're we're like, where it's like, everybody is, everybody is like 500, right? Everybody Mm, is, is, is pretty good. And they oscillate between really good and, 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 and pretty good a lot. Right. And I think, and I think that's the case here again, where, the, the the top of the West has been really mid, and I think we just saw the top of the East, right? We just yeah. saw the Lakers beat the Bucks, and they took Boston to overtime. So, like, I don't know. Like, the, the, the next, I think, 24, 48 hours are going to be really telling here where – and I think it's it's the kind of thing that, that fans should really continue to apply pressure to, to the front office and however they can. It's just like – what else do y'all need to see to invest in two picks? It's not in, in like this framing that it's the only two picks that the Lakers are going to have for the next decade. That's not the case. Like it's mm-hmm. not, it's just, it's just flatly not. Um, it's the only two picks that the Lakers can move. And, and that is, you know, that, that is meaningful. But if all you're looking for here is a couple, it, it, you know, that, that, and I think all the Lakers really need here, are a couple role players, you know, a handful of role players, three-ish role players that that you know allow AD and LeBron to be more consistently optimized. That's that's all you have to do here. And I'm sorry if the front office is not capable of doing that with two picks and three sizable expiring contracts at their disposal, then nobody in the front office is 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 worth keeping around. Like this is the easiest thing. This is the easiest solution to solve. They're acting as if it's this Rub- Rubik's cube that you're trying to solve in the dark, but it's not, man. It's it's this is this is really basic. This isn't nuclear fusion that was somehow <laughs> figured out before the Lakers were able to bring in a three and D wing. Yeah, that's you know that's why I thought something had to happen over the summer. I think you know we're getting a we're getting pretty close to a point where it's going to be very tough, and I think the December fifteenth stuff keeps coming up. I just don't buy that, like, you know, clock strikes December 15th and some, you know, button is pressed on, you know, a transaction being approved. You know, I just I just don't see it going um, that way. It feels like they're going to hope this team puts his head above water. And, you know, I think tonight, the best thing about tonight to me was this was the best I've seen LeBron, like, show that he can hit this type of peak. Like, I think it was questionable to see, like, could LeBron get to here and, you know, he was throwing out windmills, Anthony. Like, yeah. he was having a dunk contest in the middle of this game. Even when we were down 10, like, I thought it was the best that he looked. I think Anthony da- Anthony Davis has kind of cemented himself as, like, the best player on this team. I don't think that looks like it's going anywhere. It looks like 80 is just going to be consistently 30 and whatever. Um, and that's a huge foundation to build off of. And I said earlier, this felt like the old, you know, title year or whatever, where it was like, 
we have two top five dudes and there ain't shit you can do about it. Like Boston was like, we have nothing. Like we can't score. Anthony Davis is blowing up plays. LeBron is physical on the top. And then that like the game slows down and we're having these same questions where I think it's just one like knockdown shooter. Like that's like, we're like that away from, you know, not contending or whatever, but like being competitive as hell nightly against teams like this. Um, And we'll see if they, you know, make a move on there. I'm just, it's tiring being in limbo and it's like tiring, I bet for fans and for even the players, I bet it must be annoying for like to be in limbo of like, is this our team? And can you invest in this team? That must be a, like a tough situation for everyone. And that's kind of what we're living in still. I mean, it, it clearly is kind of wearing on LeBron given the leaks that come out from his camp, right? Like I get Polinka says before the season that he considers himself a a caretaker to the end of LeBron's prime or the end of LeBron's uh, career. And that isn't just a Lakers thing. That isn't just a LeBron thing. That's an NBA thing, right? That's a sports thing. I, I, you know, I I think these teams that are lucky enough to employ the greatest players of their generation, whether it's LeBron here in LA, Giannis in Milwaukee, Steph in Golden State, um, and you know, you look at like the Patrick Mahomes of the world, and and so on and so forth. Like, like th- those those organizations meet, being met halfway is those players being great and being singularly great. And all that is asked of you is meeting them halfway by offering them the the the, the most consistent opportunities to be as great as they can possibly be, both on an individual and a team-wide level. And and I think what we're seeing with the Lakers and, and Rob's incessant kicking of the can down the road and what we're seeing with Golden State and their their two-timeline approach is is not just a disservice that, like, th- that team's fans or those teams' fans should be upset about, but I think, like, across all of sports, it sucks to see Steph being asked to wait for Jonathan Kaminga to figure it out. It sucks to watch LeBron and AD be surrounded by three people who aren't tall enough to walk, to, to ride rides at six flags. Like it, at some point Rob actually has to make good on the deal that he struck with LeBron on the deal that he struck with Anthony Davis on frankly, probably the, the deal that he struck with Russell Westbrook. Russ is probably somebody who, Hey, the, the Lakers probably approached and said, Hey, just accept this role for a bit. We'll get you to a situation where, where you can continue to thrive and extend your career. Everybody is in limbo. And it really, and it really does suck that like the end of this conversation about a really thrilling game is once again, returning to, well, (laughs) maybe just maybe they'll, they'll, they'll pull the trigger on, on, on some kind of a deal when again, the Lakers don't need much. It's this isn't this idea that the Lakers have to hold out for an all-star is bull like they don't they don't have to and and even if that all-star is like demar Derozan, you're better off with three better players you wouldn't sell as many jerseys and tickets maybe and 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 uh the, the rating spike wouldn't be the same if you trade for like bojan bogdanovich and 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 a few players of that like compared to if you bring back a demar Derozan. but like if the point of this and I think the point of that this last offseason was always give LeBron and AD a chance to where if they're great, the yep. Lakers can 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 achieve title competition. Not not they will win a championship. That 
that type of offseason was always impossible. But I think LeBron and AD have more than upheld, especially AD, has more than upheld his end of the bargain, their end of the bargain. They have met Rob halfway. And at some point, Rob is actually going to have to sign the dotted line on a move that, 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 you know, evens out that balance sheet. Yeah, the bar, like we're, <laughs> I'm begging for Austin, I love Austin, but I'm begging for Austin Reeves, second year dude, undrafted, and Troy Brown, minimum guy to start. Because that's like yeah. the bar we need, you know, when you have, like, if you have LeBron and AD, you just need like the other spots filled, right? You need the defense, you need the rebounding, those like hustle, play, like you need that fixed with a little bit of spacing. Like that's the kind of bar level that we needed. And instead we went full playmaking um, and we went full small guards who need the ball in their hands that don't really shot create, which is just really fascinating to me how, you know, we still ended up here after last season and still, you know, you got lucky. I think Lonnie Walker has really worked out. I think Lonnie Walker has been a good defensive player. It's just, yeah, the like the marginal moves would be really nice. And we're getting, you know, reports that they're thinking of doing more marginal moves. And I think just, I think to me, Anthony, that's still such a rough conversation to be like, yeah, here's a half measured one. Right. And we'll do the we'll do the big one later. You know, that's just like it's just extremely annoying to hear. And I think you're gonna continue to get that, like you said, until you know, the trade deadline in February or whatever. Um, but like I'm a big believer, like the regular season matters. Like I think like I don't believe yeah. you can just bullshit the regular season. And I think the Clippers would be the biggest test of this this season. Um, but I just like I'm not a believer that you can just half ass through a regular season and then go and win a championship. Like I just don't believe that's how I think the league is too good. I think seven game series are too uh, are too close where margins matter and where continuity and chemistry and have you you know have you run this set 500 times? Like I think that stuff is really important and like a mid February trade or whatever or even now I still think it's tough to like give Ham a huge roster in December with no training camp coaches always complain we didn't have a training camp right like, like that's stuff that like is legit com- com- concerns and I think that's what they're weighing like I like I think you know the all-star stuff is just like that's just that just means we're not doing anything <laughs> like if you're waiting for an all-star um Zach Levine or whoever the hell uh, may be available but yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough well like how how often do all-stars get traded you know and it's just it's just I, I don't know I'm I could sit here and talk for for a while longer on on like on the annoyances that this front office has brought upon us, but but it's just it's Matt. It I think it's it'd be one thing, Raj, if like AD was kind of loafing through the beginning of the season the way that he did last year, mm-hmm. and if LeBron, you know, clearly was was just so diminished that it wouldn't matter. But obviously, those guys are capable of competing against the best teams in the NBA right now, right? The, 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 the Lakers have not been blown out very often, and they've had strong showings against some of the league's best teams to this point. And, and it's just, you know, I, I, I just... Well, I'll take, it a step, I, I, I'll, I'll take it a step further, and You might have the best player in the league on your team who's not named LeBron James. Like that, Austin Reeves? That, right, number two, sorry. Um, (laughs) but you might have that guy on your team in his prime 29 30 i don't remember which one um but 29 years old maybe the best player in the league who plays two-way like that's the guy you have now um and i think that should be the biggest indicator to me of let's go for it i think those two have shown like you put them in the situation give them a chance um and 
uh, you don't never know. Um, and again, I think if LeBron was like 30, then yeah, you can play this whatever game that they're playing, but you can't. He's 38, 37, whatever. Uh, in year 20, like it's 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 go time now, and and that's extremely frustrating um, to think that we're gonna we're gonna keep playing this long game and play like we'll see kind of stuff until the perfect trade opens up. And I, I just don't see a perfect one uh, coming. But yeah, it's 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 you know allowing allowing perfect to get in the way of good. Yeah, you know it's and and the Lakers don't need perfect. You know, I, again, like I would totally understand it if the Lakers needed a perfect move in order to to be vaulted into that upper echelon of teams. But clearly, that isn't the case, man. Like they're they're. They're so close right now. They're so much closer than we ever could have imagined heading into the season right now that like you don't need that much and and yeah. holding out for so much more than they actually need indicates to me like I'm just going to we're we're far enough into this thing. People won't be listening to the pod anyway by this point. But like like the the Lakers front office I think it's pretty clear that Rob Palenka um, painted a picture to the inner circle that it was those, it was those mean old superstars over there who forced us to go out and trade for Russell Westbrook and they made their bed and now they have to lie in it. And I think the inner genie and the inner circle have bought that story and are willing to be patient and write out the rest of this LeBron tenure and and have assets whenever the rebuild starts, right? Um, and I, I I think that's a really cynical. I think it's a, it's it's honestly disingenuous as an approach to it. Um, and and it lets Rob Polinka off of off of the schneid here because he did like from what I've heard, he was certainly excited to bring Russell Westbrook into the fold. And and this idea that like it was just clutch and it was just LeBron and AD who forced that move on him is just false. Like it's, that's not how it actually came to be. And, and this idea that we are going to have to sit here and watch four guard lineups because the front office is holding it against uh, LeBron and AD that they, that they forced Russell Westbrook on them and forced Russell Westbrook on the organization. It's, it's maddening, man, because it one because it isn't true. And two, because it still gets in the way of a team that I think is capable of winning a championship. Like that's the part of this, this that, all, that, that sucks the most is that this is a team I think is very capable of winning a ring. This is a pairing that we know has won a championship before. We've seen the equation uh, that, that goes into these kinds of players winning a championship and and. Um, and I think this team is capable of recreate, recreating some of that. I don't think this team will ever be as good as that team was. Like that, that team, I, I think is is going to be one of the more underrated teams ever. Not just in terms of NBA conversations, but by the Lakers themselves, which is <laughs> kind of crazy. But like, I, but this is this is a team that I think can re- recreate some of that magic, and and yeah. not being able to to see any of that come to pass is you know it's, it's it's frankly a little sad no yeah no you're right it's 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 rough to watch and you know like i think we spent a lot of this on you know what they can and the moves and i think that's like the bigger picture this season kind of surrounds like i think they had one job this summer and they obviously built a roster in 
terms of like they thought that they would get that done and then they didn't get that done so they're kind of like this unfinished you know piece that continues on while the season continues to move but also like I think there's things we can do now to help and how much those will help against teams like Boston we'll see but I think with the stars and the closing lineup like we're 11 and 16 like that it's time for like politics and that stuff to really be thrown out the window or you know playing for reputation or whatever like that should all be gone now like I think it's been clear we have enough of a sample size of like who's playing well who's not um and you know I I think it's disappointing that we've blown this many games with you know the health that we've gotten from LeBron and AD so far like they've been AD has played most of the games uh LeBron has played a lot of games like it, it sucks that like you can't even blame injuries really for this season anymore like you just you just don't have a good enough well um, we haven't seen Cole Swider yet Raj um can't judge will, this team until we get Cole Swider out there. His summer league was was legit. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, die, I'll die on that. Where, have you seen the t- people shooting right now? I think you're telling me to give me Cole Swider a couple, you know, couple open threes. Um, Darvin Ham, I know misses Matt Ryan because like I, you watch these games and like he can't run any of the stuff that he'd love to run. Like we were running so many cool stuff for Matt Ryan, and like he's the only guy you could run that for because none of our other players can, like, catch and shoot like he does off the move. Like, watching watching Boyan the other night just come off screens and fire. Like, we don't have anyone who could do that. Like, that's such a skill that's so necessary. We don't have one guy. Clippers have, like, six that they can, like, <laughs> they, can t- they can do that with. They go to, like, Luke Kennard is, like, their worst guy to do that with, and he's, like, a 40s. Ugh, okay. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know. That's all I have, Anthony. We've been going at this for like an hour <laughs> plus now. <laughs> Do you have any, anything else from, from tonight or any other? Uh, Make a trade, you? man. <laughs> Enough. Like, we're, you and I are going to be talking until actual December 15th at this rate. Like, just make a freaking trade. How about this? Let's, you know, let's trade Dennis Schroeder and Patrick Beverly for – Austin Reeves and Troy Brown. Let's just make that. Let's just make that trade. That's a trade we can do today. Like, there's no, yeah. you know, there's no uh, implications, seasonal implications of that. We can make that one. We can make that one today. I'll trade Patrick Beverly for Avatar Way of Water tickets. Like, I, I like anything. Get that man off of the team that I root for. That's is all that I a, ask. No, that that's not new, all I ask. Is that a new movie? I saw a commercial for that. I think I. <laughs> is that is that a new movie? It's the sequel to the highest grossing film of all time. Is, is that a is that a new movie? Is that on Netflix? Well, I wasn't sure if they were just re-releasing the Avatar that came out. Like I thought they were putting it on some other media or something. But that's a new movie that's coming out. It's a it's a new movie. It's a new. <laughs> you learn learn stuff every day. Uh... Only you only you learn this one right now, Raj. Nobody listening right now just learned something right there. It's only you. <laughs> yeah, I probably won't see that for a while. But <laughs> is it even coming out? It's not coming out for a while, right? No, it. it's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> oh, okay. It's coming out Thursday or whenever. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No clue. <laughs> well, I do know the Lakers play Friday. I do know that. Um, Lakers have a game um, against <laughs> against Denver. Uh, Lakers lose against, you know, the Celtics in overtime. Uh, For Anthony, uh, for me, listen to the Lakers SBM postgame show.